I'm always in awe of how easy it is for young kids to make friends. And you're not born with this uh, skill. You know, this, um, you're socialized into this. Um, when you're a mom, you, you, you socialize your child towards kindness um, and, and, and a, a general happiness. And children are reliant on that happiness they gravitate towards that sense of hedonic happiness because it is momentarily enough for them they they are encouraged to to live in those moments that make them happy um it, it is also why their moods can fluctuate so so quickly but it's also very easy to make them happy um, and as we get older, that becomes more complex, of course. When you're a teenager, or when you enter that phase of adolescence, there's the sense of doom and dread. There's a lot of stuff going on, and then obviously, you know, your hormones are running wild, and you're trying to make sense of the world, and th there's the the consciousness of self-awareness of of identity and sexuality and all these different kinds of things that you that you try and figure out and 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 this really compounds that sense of dread today in society that dread is it's hyper emphasized because kids are not just feeling dread but they're driven to thoughts of suicide <clears throat> and it's okay you're supposed to feel like that. More, more of us should tell these kids, you're supposed to feel like that instead of saying to them, you're crazy, you shouldn't feel like that. You're supposed to feel dread because at that period of time, it, it, it's the death of a certain part of you and the rebirth of another part of you. There's a, there's a spiritual awakening. There's a sense of maturity uh, that takes place. There's an awareness of more than just you and your little world you're becoming aware of of the other variables that influence your world. And there's a reticence to accept it, so there is a fight against it. Um, and not all families handle it properly. Um, and, and we should tell kids or teenagers that it's okay. It, it, that metaphorical death is supposed to happen. It's not something that you should fight. And the one thing that can really absolutely pull you through that, that can, that can make things so much better for you is having good friends, supportive friends, friends who are not only going through the same things, but who are perhaps better equipped at it, or they are better listeners. Um, they can put into words what's in their head better, and they can teach you how to do that. So it's, it's very good to have strong, confident friends, uh, friends who are uh, better at navigating the problems at which you are. And for that, you need 
parents who are better parents. You need children who are in better communities, better environments, who have better um, or more supportive micro-societies that they are part of. Um, but the various palettes that you that you uh, that your friendship circle comprises of you know the better your friendship experience is going to be and then you hit your 20s and and you become um more self-aware um your needs are centralized uh, to what you want what you want to achieve what you want to acquire um maybe you are driven by the superficial spectacle you are peacocking you want to show people who you are and hopefully god for god's sake i hope that you grow out of it because if you are still peacocking in your 40s then you've created monsters in your own children and you haven't been a successful parent if gluttony and the want for more is what drives you then you don't have legacy um you've become a consumer and it's not possible for you to be a good friend at that point because you centralize the need again like a like a pre-adolescent i think covid-19 the pandemic the two year lockdown whichever way you prefer to describe it really impacted negatively on friendship it made people less willing to put themselves out because it was easy enough for them to isolate to have an excuse as to why they can't do it and that's now perpetuated you know uh, people are less willing to invest time and effort into friendships um but you can't just live in your bubble at home because if you're living in your bubble at home with your family uh your close family then they become desensitized to your needs they don't observe them as much because they've got their own stuff going on they're not uh tuned in because they are tuned out by the mundane of the day-to-day needs and that's dangerous because it doesn't support you it doesn't help you it doesn't build you it doesn't make you better because they can't see what you need so you need those people who you see every week once a week or every other week because those are the people who will come back and tell you what's wrong with the way that you're processing the world they'll call you on your bullshit they'll give you honest critique if they are good friends and if they're not they'll fall out they'll fall by the wayside um like i said covid-19 really um did a number on, on on friendships i think there's a sense that exists in society that uh, people are weary of friendships for a while these memes during that time period came through of memes that that described how you should keep your circle smaller um and how trust um is earned and so on and so on and so on and th- this is a doctrine that uh so many men 
follow, they are misaligned um, with the actual sentiment of what the what the meme is about. You know, it's a way for them to reinforce their fractured thinking around friendships. If someone fucked you over as a friend, then that is the one person who is a fucker. Don't, you know, don't paint everybody else with the same brush. You know, you, you, you put yourself out there and if it didn't work, then you step out and you try again. It's not the fact that you fell down eight times. It's the fact that you fell down eight times but got up nine. That's really what defines a man, really what defines a, a strong companion, you know. Um, I think these memes are a way for people to be defensive in their posturing. I think it's self-bolstering. Uh, it bolsters the idea that you possess that um, you are stronger because you have a smaller amount of good friends. Um, I would rather have um, uh, a, a, a strong fire team or a strong company or a, a horde of friends who I can laugh and enjoy my time with than just a few because I create the opportunity for happiness with more people um, and that's healthy. It also it challenges me because I'm listening to so many different points of view and the value of friendship can't be understated. You see young children playing and they and they 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 play around or they, they, they connect around the, the, the idea that they want to be happy in that moment. And like I said, mothers encourage that because mothers allow children to understand the value of hedonic happiness. The, the happiness in the now is important. And we forget how to do that as we get older because we're always looking at the eudaimonic happiness, the long-term goal. If I can just get that, then I'll be happy. And when you get it, you're not happy because you're looking at the next hedonic goal. Uh, sorry, eudaimonic goal. You're looking at the next thing that is long-term off. But you won't be happy because you get that because you don't know how to be happy in the moment. And friends help you to do that. They help you to be happy in the moment. So friends are important in in. In the days as you get older, they help you remember. They help you how to, to remember how to be um, less serious about everything and more uh, accepting of gratitude. You also can't be friends with people who are just there to commiserate with you. You have to be friends with people who are better than you at other things, better at you than better than you at at finding happiness, better than you at understanding the world and 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 processing it, better than you at understanding the social and political commentary of the world, so that you can grow and become better. Uh, because if you don't grow and you don't become better, if you're not challenged, then you stay stupid and you become inconsequential. You don't 
you don't remain relevant you don't remain current um and you are expelled to the doldrums i think so friendships are valuable it's always a difficulty to find synergy with friends you know it's it's difficult and then you get this midlife crisis that you go through and you, you know guys they join clubs they join bike clubs they join um uh, golfing groups they you know build cars and collect knives and do all other kinds of stuff because they're trying to get into something that would uh, expose them to more people but these things never last because they are based on a mutual affinity as opposed to a mutual respect you can meet those people um i've met people in in lodge and everybody comes together and everyone's talking but no one's friends you know I, a, a few weeks back i walked past someone or i stood in a passageway and someone who i was at lodge with came in looked me in my face was walking with his son or his daughter um walked in looked me in my face knows exactly who i am but wouldn't greet me he just walked right past so yeah those those connections are based on um a mutual affinity not a mutual respect so you don't find friends in those clubs unless you really connect with someone beyond the affinity for the motorcycle for the knife for racing and so on and so on um once you find that respect then you're able to connect with that friend um and what investments are required for a friendship to survive beyond nostalgia it's time it's effort it's energy it's understanding it's a willingness to be wrong sometimes sometimes it's a willingness to be wrong most of the time and to be okay with it but it's 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 based on reciprocal values the time that i put in must be reciprocated the understanding that i have and the 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 willingness to listen must be reciprocated because if it's not then it's not a friendship it's one sided it's it's me being a mentor or the other person being a mentor but i'm not extracting a similar equal or likewise value out of this relationship and is it then even a relationship men are less contemplative now more so you know you don't find stoic men you find whiner babies who cry about everything but do nothing to change it that's frustrating you know the question i always ask is i had a discussion with the rev yesterday how do you want to be perceived you know and 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 the perception of you by other people is it really your business i don't believe it is but i do believe that you must be aware of how you are perceived what kind of energy you put out there you know and this is all driven by your core values you know what are the values that you live by as a person what drives you 
you cannot be a good friend if you can't listen. If you if you don't have values that drive you towards being a good friend. Um, and for a while now, um, this uh, little video clip has been floating around of Buster Rhymes, who talks about you know when the appropriate time is to return a call. He says if if, if he calls someone and you can't respond or he texts you and you can't respond in in an appropriate time frame then you don't have time for him because he will respond to you in an appropriate time frame and i find that a lot with with friends if 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 you text them you know some of them won't even respond and that leaves me with a calamity because i've got to make the decision do i do I respond or do I continue trying because it feels one-sided now? So I don't, I stop, you know, um, it'll, it weeks will go by and they won't read a message. And that's for me, is a clear signal. We're not connected like that. So we're not friends anymore. Um, and it just happens. It's not that it's, it's something that you work towards. It's just you, you fall out of touch and, and, and that person is no longer relevant. But the gentlemanly thing to do is to say it. But like I said, men are so much less contemplative today. You know, there's very few men walking around with an Aurelian bone in them. Uh, and that's sad. That's really sad because that means that there's no personal development in progress. Um. And at the start of this year, actually, I decided uh, to go dry, not to drink anymore. Um, and I've given it up. Um, it's been seven months, uh, actually, uh, that I haven't had um, uh, alcohol. Uh, changed my diet, changed the way that I that I lived. Um, exercised more, trained more, because I wanted to, um, I wanted to remain fighting fit. And I didn't want to become a, a fat cunt. So I stopped uh, doing the things that, that made me um, a fat cunt. And, you know, some of you will listen to this and you'll say, oh, you body shaming. Dude, if you're fucking eating pizzas and hamburgers and drinking milkshakes every fucking day, you're a fat cunt. And if fat shaming you is going to make you live more healthy, then that's what you need to hear. It's a different story if you've got a medical condition, of course. But if you're doing the shit to yourself, then you need to hear that you're a fat cunt. You need to change. You need to change the idea of being a consumer and being a glutton. Uh, and I'm saying it for your own good but when i stopped drinking you know i i constantly heard oh what are you going to do now you're not drinking anymore and i understand that those friends then gravitated away from me because i was killing a part of myself that they were in love with uh they wanted that but if they were my friends then they would have understood that i'm killing that part off because i need to be around for longer i want to be 
with my grandkids. I want to be with my wife. I want to be with my kids. I want to enjoy the things that I enjoy doing. And for me to do that and for me to stay healthy and virile uh, at it, I, I, I needed to kill that part of myself off. They also needed to understand that that part of me still being alive for them was enabling them to be fat cunts. Because that's fat cunt mentality and fat cunt behavior. That's not a friend. And if my development as a person is off-putting to you, then maybe you're not the friend that I should have. I'm sorry. But if you are in favor of me doing harm to myself, then you and I can't be friends. That's a difficult pull to swallow. Very, very difficult pull. And I'm amazed and alarmed at how friendships can implode because one person has one way of doing things. It also just awakened me to the idea that society is so fucked up that when I wake up and I realize that I don't want to poison myself anymore, you know, I've got goals, I've got new things that I want to try, I want to become better at certain things. When I realized that, I was like, why is it so bad that that is what I want to do? And why would other people not want to do the same for themselves? But again, there's a there's a growing, there's an awakening in that for me as well, where I, you know, I, I thought to myself, I can't be like the reborn Christian who all of a sudden just, you know, you, 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 you chastising everyone for everything that they're doing because you have now become this zealot. You have now become this, um, cultist. Whether it's healthy living or exercise or, I also needed to understand that's my journey. So I've said to my friends, you know, I, I, I can come and hang out with you and talk as much crap with you and be the same person. I just don't need to binge drink to do it and then get on my motorcycle or get in my car and then come home. It's irresponsible. It's something that I've never done. Um, and the older I get, the more stupid that behavior becomes uh, in other people. And my, my answer to them when they said, oh, well, you're not drinking anymore. How are we going to have fun? My response was, hey, you can do whatever the fuck it is that you want to do. Right? I support you in whatever it is that you want to do. I just won't be a part of it. For me, you do you, boo. But don't ask me to come and visit you in a hospital. Because I won't. Because that's not fun for me. That's actually the antithesis. I much prefer having fun with you than coming to see you hooked up to hoses and machines and in pain because your lifestyle encouraged you to do this. And I've had these discussions with friends. Some of them might listen to this and they might think, fuck that fucking asshole for saying this shit. But I'm going to say it. I've spoken to them about what they eat and what they drink and what they smoke and how often they do it. 
you know, um, so many videos and clips and memes come through justifying smoking weed, for example, or taking drugs. And I'm not about that life, son. I'm just not. If you are, then cool. I don't need um, the chemical stimulation to get through the shit that I'm going through every day. Um, you know, I, I I talk to people. I I go and see people. I pay good money to talk my shit out so that my PTSD doesn't fuck me over. And as anybody who has been in any environment of trauma, whether you're a paramedic, whether you're a policeman, whether you're a soldier, um, when you are exposed to trauma, will tell you as you get older, it fucking gets worse. And the effects of it can be debilitating at times. It can impact your family life greatly. And nothing makes it worse more than consumption. You know, um, being uh, unin uninhibited by your actions, uh, drinking, smoking weed, using drugs, um, even an overindulgence in, in exercise, just like a, an obsessive, compulsive, addictive behavior. You have to fucking be aware of it all the time uh, as a man. Because men like crutches we fucking we love crutches um and we need to be aware of that and sometimes friendship can be a crutch i don't want to be a crutch for anyone and i don't want anybody to be my crutch i want to be a benefit it's it's why i do the mentoring it's why i do um uh, the tactical training the defensive reasoning and I do it with small groups because I enjoy working with people. I enjoy teaching. I've been doing it for 30 years. I enjoy it. I enjoy imparting my knowledge. And I, and I don't want to become um, a social media whore uh, in doing it. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be that guy who um, is making comment on every single fucking thing that every single shooter or martial artist or, or operator is doing wrong. Uh, I want to share and I want to be a benefit. That's what a friend should be doing. He should be doing a, a benefit. Uh, he should be doing a service uh, to his companions. Uh, when I was younger, um, because South Africa or Cape Town is a Creole city, the influence of so many different um, cultures are here. You'll find synergies between here and St. Louis and Louisiana. You'll find synergy between here and Cuba because of the slave trade. And when I was growing up, there was a, 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 a term that went around, which was a Cuban term, which was the second companion. And the way my grandfather explained it to me was, you never had a best friend. You always had a compay segundo. Your compay was the second companion. Um, you never had a, a, a friend that was really your best friend. You always just had a second companion. And I've lived my life in trying to find second companions. I don't have many friends that I have beyond 20 years. I've got a couple of them. You know, I've got maybe four or five of them who I am in 
regular communication with. And then I've got a lot of newer friends and, and I've got um, a, a, a greater amount of acquaintances, uh, some who, who would consider them a friend. And for my really, 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 really close friends, I reserve the term brother because it's earned. They respect my core values. They understand where I come from and I understand where they come from and I respect their core values. So there's mutual respect beyond uh, the mutual affinity for whatever it is that got us into friendship before. Um, which is why Rev and I have been friends for almost 30 years. And I've never judged this motherfucker in any way, shape or form. Um, he is one of the oldest and 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 most original most knowledgeable tattoo artist i know um and he's a strong friend uh, he he is my senior by a few years but there is reciprocal friendship there is uh, mutual respect and there's mutual affinity and we share the same core values and we've built um uh, strong connections through motorcycling and shooting. And although my days of forced marches and running is is over, um, I pretty much hate it. I support him and I follow his progress and I'm happy for him. And I'll remind him from time to time of when it becomes fanatical just so that he knows that I'm watching and that there is a critique um, but he's also in his journey has taught me how to do that. He's taught me how to, um, how to be a better friend by observing that part of him that is growing. And I'm grateful for that because it's helped me in other parts of my life. Um, and I don't know what he, um, what he's learned from me. He, he will mention from time to time that he has learned some stuff from me. Um, but that's my basis of, of what a friendship should be. Uh, it should be earnest. It should be frank. There should be a willingness to, to be wrong and to accept when you are wrong and to understand and to learn. Um, when COVID came around, we did all the research. Um, we both got World Health Organization certified um and we we followed the information that was dogma at the time and now we don't believe the same things anymore we don't believe the shit that was pelted at us you know we are reading the the signs and the information different um and maybe we did some damages to ourselves but now we think differently about it and we will make different decisions around the the vaccines and 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 lockdowns and you know I mean it's we'll probably wear t-shirts that says we will not comply, but we are united in the idea that we want to grow. Whether my growth is different to his, which it is currently, it doesn't make it difficult for us to connect with each other because our growth paths are different because we have mutual respect for each other. 
That's what you should aspire to when you have friendships. It's not the alcohol. It's not the, it's not the drugs. It's not the reckless behavior. Um, and the I'm 12 years old patting you on the back for fucking riding on the wrong side of the road kind of behavior. It's the, it's the behavior that personifies being a strong man. And that is what friendship is. It's that reciprocal support. And if you don't have it, if you don't have it in your life with uh, the friends that you have, you don't have friends. You have enablers. You need to identify that. You need to sit down and ask the questions. I'm not saying chuck them by the wayside, but everybody has a category. And some of those categories um, make them less uh, uh, part of your inner circle, part of your closest concentric ring, and others are more closer uh, to that center of trust. But it all starts with, like I said, with things being reciprocal. Uh, how often do you speak? Do you do you return my calls or return my texts? Do, do you do you understand and appreciate the shit that I'm going through without just brushing it off? Are you listening to me so that you can answer, or are you listening to me so that you can understand? Um. Do you know what my fears are? Do you know what motivates me, and do you know how to motivate me? Do you know how to? draw the best version of myself out of me? Or are you always searching for the hooligan in me? Um, we need to grow each other. If we can grow each other, then we can grow stronger societies. If you can grow stronger societies, then we will grow a better world. And ultimately, that's the goal, isn't it? It's to be stronger men, men who are accountable, Men who are in this world who want to make changes. Men who are willing to stand up when everybody else is willing to lie down. That's what we want. Because that will create a barrier of defense that evil cannot penetrate.